If you have your Bible, please raise your Bible above your head and bear witness of God's Word. Take your Bible at this time, show it to the people around you, welcome them, ask them if they're ready to worship the Lord, and tell them if you're ready to worship. Amen. You may be seated, please. Turn, if you will, to the book of Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. You'll hear this scripture read quite a bit. We read it sometimes, missing the message, although there's several messages in it. Hebrews 12. Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight in the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that's set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your minds. You know, last week we talked about the bad experiences that happen. And God working good in those bad experiences. And if there's ever a time that we need to be able to see past our present experiences now, we need to be able to see that God's always working. He always has a plan. Even our experience, He can be preparing us for something else. But it's hard to get that in your mind when you're going through the bad experience, isn't it? And so that's why the Bible continually gives us this kind of scripture to, to let us see that we're supposed to, to look at the example that's set before us. When the Bible gives us this particular example, it comes in Hebrews 12 and it comes after a whole chapter of Hebrews 11 talking about the guys that we talked about last week. You think about Joseph, you think about Moses, you think about Paul, you think about Jesus, you think about all these people that went through bad experiences, but they didn't give up. I don't know that I've ever seen a climate in a society that has more people that are just disgusted with the way that things are, whether it be the experience we're going through in COVID or some other societal experience that we're going through, or even an intimate experience that you're going through, a personal experience. And what happens is we get in that experience and we get a certain attitude. And even when a preacher stands in front of you and preaches today, you'll hear his words, but then you'll be able to say, in your mind, it'll come naturally to you, yes, but you don't know what I'm going through right now. Right? Because I've been that person. Listening. And thinking, whatever, whatever I heard that day that convicted me to change something, well, they just didn't get where I was coming from because I was either doing this thing against God or I was in this bad situation because someone else had done something. Let me put it to you this way. I had a victim mentality. Well, it wasn't your victim mentality where you see the person that's just crying all the time about something. In my mind, I had a victim mentality. Well, I'm in this situation because of this, and I'm in this situation because of that, and I'm in this situation because of this and that, and, and even what he's saying to me now when he's preaching to me, well, you just have, you, you can't understand that this is what happened to me. And so I kept that. So guess what it made me do? It made me not want to change anything because I could always say it was somebody else's fault. I have never seen a society that is so overwhelmed right now with a victim mentality. Everybody has issue because of something that somebody else has done or is doing. And in Hebrews 12, we're told to look at Jesus. 
After looking at all these other people that, that came through their situation, you know, Joseph wouldn't have come through his situation uh, if he would have just started blaming his brothers, blaming Egypt, blaming this, but he didn't, right? And Moses, he had a time of pouting, but then he realized he needed to get on with it and move forward. And then you look at Jesus, verse 3, Hebrews 12. Consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself. Do you think Jesus was treated unfairly? Of course he was. We know he suffered. We know that he was mocked. We know that he was crucified. But the everyday, the everyday counsel against him, you would have said that's unfair, right? He was a victim of the mob. Consider him that endured such contradiction. Why should we consider Jesus? You see, we consider Jesus because Jesus suffered, but he kept going. Jesus conquered death, conquered hell, conquered the grave. Jesus never had a victim mentality. Jesus kept going. Jesus had an overcomer's mentality. And when we get to John chapter 16, when Jesus was telling his disciples, do you realize that Jesus said, once you you come and put your belief in me and you become God's child, the Holy Spirit comes into you. When the Holy Spirit comes into you, anybody here saved that the Holy Spirit has come into? When the Holy Spirit comes into you, do you realize that you're no longer a victim of anything in this world? You're an overcomer. Jesus paid the price, but He came inside of you. So if Jesus could do it, look to Him, the author and finisher of our faith. Jesus said, These things have I spoken to you, John 16, 33, that you might have peace. Now listen, in this world, you will have tribulation. Does that mean you will have bad experience? Yes. Notice. But be of good cheer. Now, all that's got to do with attitude. Be of good cheer. When you see that, that's attitude. That's a m- mindset. Be of good cheer. You have tribulation, but if I'm in you, you have tribulation, but I've overcome tribulation. Jesus was saying the Holy Spirit will help you have the right attitude will help you have the right mindset. Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Now, Jesus is simply saying, I come into you when you're saved. I overcame the world. Have a good attitude. You'll have troubles in this world. But have an overcomer's attitude, not a victim's attitude. A victim mentality will stop you from overcoming anything. A victim mentality says that it isn't my fault. And then my mind says it isn't, it isn't anything that I can change. So I want you to understand. Our mind tells us since our situation isn't our fault, it's someone else's fault. Then it's up to someone else to change something instead of us changing something. I hope you get that. You see, a victim's mentality a victim mind says says since it's not my fault there's nothing i can do to change my situation are we getting that so there's no incentive to change so you stay a victim unless somebody else changes something so we go on a campaign that says somebody else needs to change something somebody else no the victim might be a victim for good reason And we've all been in situations where we've been a victim sometimes of something that totally is not our fault. But it doesn't mean that you stay a victim. It means that you have an overcomer's mentality. Everybody likes a success story, don't they? You tell me a success story where some victim stayed a victim. Can you do it? No. But when you continually focus on what happened to get you to where you were, 
or what bad thing that happened or whose fault it is, you never overcome the thing. Yeah, you talk about it a lot. It's good to remember it if it gets you past that. But if it doesn't get you past that, let's talk about what you can do to get out of it. Because we can stay a victim for a long time. An overcomer's mentality looks at the situation and then recognizes they need to do what they can to overcome it. For a child of God, a saved believer, we're told that we can overcome anything because Christ lives in us. That should get amens all over the place. Has He ever brought you through anything? And you were a victim in the middle of it, but He brought you through it. There are certain times when people are victims and you think, well, what are you saying? Just leave somebody alone? No, if somebody is a victim, we're called to help them. But we're not called to help them stay a victim. We're not called to just focus on what it was or what happened so that you can claim the right as a victim. You want to claim the right as an overcomer. And the church should be doing that. You see, a victim mentality will never help someone get through it. An overcomer's mentality is what a person needs in order to get through their bad situation. And it could be any situation counseling people all the time that go through terrible situations but you want to get through it sister Kathy walked up this morning I'm going to tell you overcomers mindset sister Kathy lost her husband my friend our friend years ago my heart hurt her heart hurts you mourn you grieve that's a bad situation she's a victim of Something that totally wasn't her fault. Brother Bob went to be with the Lord, right? What's that mask say, Kathy? Let me see that mask. Katie, bring me that mask, will you? She wore a mask and it stated a testimony. I'm sorry. I just had to do it, Kathy. Glory to God. Let me tell you, an overcomer's mentality. An overcomer's mentality says, I'm not a widow. I'm a wife. My husband awaits me on the other side. You say, oh, well, you're just sharing the power of positive thinking. No. I'm sharing the power of faith thinking, of trusting and believing God past the situation. I'm saying that if Jesus is in you, you've overcome the world. Even people that, that are victims of something not their fault, victims of death, victims of hardship. You see, it's one thing to talk about someone who's overcome a bad experience in life and share that for encouragement. Even God told the children of Israel, remember where I brought you from. But when you focus on the bad experience, when you begin to continually talk about how bad it is, how bad it was, then you give a person reason to not try to move forward. The natural person will just focus on whose fault it is that they had their bad experience. The victim mentality doesn't motivate the person to do anything except recognize that they're a victim of something that isn't their fault. The person never moves past it. They may be passionate about showing people they were or are a victim, but they stay in the same condition. An overcomer's mentality is what motivates a victim to find a way to get through the bad experience and overcome it. If I think long enough about a bad time in my life, I'll get defeated. What I need to think about and use it as a reference is, this is where I was, but this is where he's brought me to. I once was blind, but now I see. Paul, what a champion. Paul in the book of Philippians chapter 1. Let's turn there. In the book of Philippians chapter 1. I want you to think about this. Paul is in prison. He's writing this letter to the church at Philippi. When he wrote this letter to the believers... You can clearly see that he was a victim who was wrongly accused, wrongly imprisoned, unjustly held, but he didn't have a victim mentality. He was an encourager. 
He was confident. He knew that if he kept trusting God, that he would overcome his situation and be victorious. In the first chapter of the book of Philippians, Paul writes this in verse 6, Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. You see, the Philippians were getting, were getting unjustly treated. And Paul was in prison and they were feeling sorry for him. So they wanted to keep focusing on how wrong you're being done and how wrong we're being done. And hey, this is the problem. And See, even we've gotten like that today. How many people are saying, look what's wrong that's going on. Look where we're at. Look at this. Look at that. Hey, did you hear what they said and what's going on here? Well, talk about that and focus on that enough and that thing will overtake you. Paul said, being confident of this very thing. What? What very thing, Paul? That he which hath begun a good work in you. You know when the good work begins in us? When we accept the Lord Jesus Christ and our Savior. That's the good work God begins. He didn't save you just so that one day you would be in heaven. He's got things for you to do here or else he would kill you as soon as he saved you. If that was the case, what we need to do is when anybody accepts Christ, take them right out back and shoot them. No, we wouldn't think of doing that. No, why? Because God's got you to be a light to bear witness of where He brought you from. And even the bad experiences you go through, if you publicize just the bad experiences and say, oh, poor me or poor that guy or look what he's going through. No, you want to be able to share the light of God bringing you through it. We as Christians even today can get on a campaign to to find something and then then pull out the injustice and keep talking about that instead of what God has done through it. Paul goes on later to say, Listen to what he told the Philippian believers about being in prison in verses 12 through 14 of that same Philippians 1. He says, But I would have you to understand, brethren, the things which happened to me have fallen out rather unto the furtherance of the gospel, so that my bonds in Christ are manifest in all the place and all other places. And many of the brethren in the Lord were growing confident by my bonds as much more bold to speak without fear. What is he saying? Paul said, Hey, stop talking about... Me being a victim of what's happened to me. Don't you understand? There's people that are getting saved here in the Roman palace. God's got me here for a reason. And he's got you in places. So let's not talk about, let's not talk about how victimized we are. Let's talk about the opportunity in that. Let's talk about getting through it and furtherance. Do you hear this word? Furtherance of the gospel. The same Paul in Romans chapter 8, verse 31 says, What shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? I'm claiming the scripture of God Almighty right now, knowing that Paul said these things. Paul, if anybody, should have been the one that would say, Hey, I was victimized so many different times, but Paul was saying, If God's for me, who's really against me? You see, a victim keeps saying, this person's against me, this group's against me, the world's against me, it's everybody else's fault. And Paul says, hey, I'm definitely not a victim. If God's for me, it doesn't matter who's against me. Christians, be careful how big you promote the enemy. Be careful how much you publicize the enemy, and give everyone a victim status. Be careful because you're minimizing the fact that if God is for you, the enemy is not bigger than God. Paul used this same passage of Scripture. He goes on to say in verses 32 through 39, if you've accepted the love of God by accepting Jesus, then nothing can separate you from the love of God. In Christ Jesus, let's read it, verse 32 through 39. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? 
Who shall lay anything at the charge of God's elect? It's God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? It's Christ that died, yea, rather is risen from the grave. Who is even at the right hand of God, who makes intercession for us? Who shall separate us from the love of God? Shall tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, or sword? All these things people could be victims of, right? That is written, for thy sake we're killed all day long. We're accounted as sheep for the slaughter. But Paul says in verse 37, nay, means no. In all these things, listen, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I'm persuaded, neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Somebody going through something here. Somebody listening to this that's going through something. You see somebody raising their hand when you read a scripture like that. You're thinking, how can they celebrate? They're not celebrating being a victim. They're celebrating being a conqueror. They're celebrating coming through. They're not celebrating staying in. You understand? If you stay in, if you focus on just being a victim, yes, you'll get some attention. Yes, you'll get this, you'll get that. But you won't stop being a victim. Pretty strong words. Listen to Paul. He gives you this statement. Speaking of God. He who spared not his own son. So if God did that for you, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? After he's given his son to be beaten, mocked, persecuted, bludgeoned, spit on, crucified, then everything else is nothing compared to that. I like... what Paul says in verse 37 and all these things and all these things bad experiences are things aren't they tribulation distress persecution famine nakedness peril sore perils just danger in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us in all these things Boy, we need something to happen when we're in these things in life, don't we? Boy, we're in a thing right now, aren't we? We're victims of something that we didn't even see coming. But it's no different than any other time in life. You say, well, no, this one's lasting. This is a great opportunity for us to see what kind of mentality we're going through. This one with. Because you're going to have other ones. And it might not affect everybody at one time, but I want to remind you what Jesus said. In this life you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. If I'm in you and I overcame it, then you can overcome it. I think it's interesting here the word conquer. We're more than conquerors. To conquer, definition according to Webster, is to defeat. To defeat is to overcome the situation or the adversary and not only get through the situation, listen, not only get through the situation, but win. Overcoming is not getting through. Overcoming and conquering is winning. Don't you know that God tells us we have victory in Him? You see, when we accept the love of God, When we realize we're lost and separated from God, there'll be a time when we realize in a convicting way that we have to make a choice. God gives us this choice to accept Jesus Christ as our Savior. Not just believe there's a God, but accept Jesus Christ as our Savior. Once you admit that you're not just a victim in this world, but that there is something that you need to change, 
Once you stop thinking, well, this says that I'm going to hell and I didn't really do anything terribly bad. Once you stop thinking, is there a God? I can do this by myself. Once you stop thinking that the world's just coming upon you and giving you all these bad experiences and you say, how can I get through it? Then you'll see your need to accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior and understand that you're still going to go through some situations. He doesn't promise you a pain-free life. He just says, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll be with you. I'll give you fellowship. I'll carry you through it. And you'll overcome it. The conqueror may be a victim, but they don't live as a victim. I think all of us, all of us, at some point in our life, have been victims of something. But it's up to us to make a choice to live in it. You think about Paul. I want you to listen. Listen to some of the things that happened to Paul. I'll just give you this reference. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Paul was giving a little bit of a testimony. Listen to some of his bad experience that he went through. Verse 24 through 27, read it sometimes. Of the Jews, five times received I 40 stripes, save one. That means 39 stripes. Understand that, that they were allowed to give him 40. That was the maximum under Jewish law, but they never knew whether they miscounted, so they gave 39. They want to break the law. 39 stripes. That means he, he was beaten 39 times. From the Jews. Thrice, three times was I beaten with rods. Once was I stoned. Thrice or three times I suffered shipwreck. A night and a day I've spent, I've been in the deep. That means during that time, Paul spent a night and a day floating in the ocean on a shipwreck. In journeys often in perils of water, perils of robbers, perils, perils of mine own countrymen, perils by the heathen, perils in the city, perils in the wilderness, perils in the sea, perils among false brethren, in weariness, in painfulness, without sleep, watching often in hunger and thirst, in fastings and nakedness. All those things, Paul's saying, I had bad experiences. I was a victim of all those things. So if anybody had reason to live in this mentality, which this guy is the one that's telling us he can do all things through Christ that strengtheneth him. This is the guy that's telling him if God is for us, who can be against us? This guy is saying, I've got reason to be a victim, but verse 30, he said, if I must needs glory, I'll glory of the things which concern my infirmities. He goes on to tell us in 2 Corinthians 12, it even gets personal. He said, I've got this physical problem that I live with. I've asked the Lord three times to take it from me, and he hasn't taken it from me. He called it a thorn in the flesh. So besides the other things, he's got all that going on. And in verse 10 of 2 Corinthians 12, Paul says this, Therefore I take pleasure in my infirmities and reproaches, necessities, persecutions, and distress for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. What kind of nut would say that? A conqueror would say that. It just doesn't even sound right. We even teach the next generation, hey, has somebody wronged you? Listen, has somebody wronged you? Even as parents, we're so quick to even make the next generation victims that we don't even give them any accountability. We want to know what somebody did to them before we ask them what they did. Oh, come on, help me out. This conqueror's attitude enabled Paul to overcome the trials of life. Paul had this overcomer's attitude because he knew that God would carry out his plan through him. But you're no different than Paul. You know, Paul didn't live with an attitude of a victim. He lived with the attitude of a conqueror. He realized he had to move forward in order to overcome whatever circumstance he was in. You hear me? Move forward. Move forward. Say it with me. Philippians 3, verse 13 and 14. Listen to these words. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forth into the things which are before. That means in front of me. 
I press toward the mark of the prize, the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. You know what Paul is saying here? I'm moving forward. Say it with me. What is he doing? Moving forward. I feel like that we have been stuck in a place for a long time. Don't you? I've been stuck hearing the same thing on the news. I've been stuck hearing the same complaining. I've been stuck hearing the same thing. Is some of it valid? A lot of it's valid. But we're just hearing it, hearing it. And guess what? We're stuck. We're not moving forward. And the conversation that you do have about it just talks about the victim. It doesn't talk about the successor. It doesn't talk about getting through it. You say, well, somebody needs to come up with a plan. No, people need to come to God Almighty. He's the one that gets you through it. It's not us. That's why Jesus was saying, you have tribulation. This isn't the first tribulation. But we've laid down in front of it, unlike our stronger ancestors. What's the difference? They didn't have a victim mentality. They had an overcomer's mentality. They had a conqueror's mentality. We become soft. We become weak. And what's happened? The victim stays a victim in whatever case. Whether it's in a societal case, whether it's in a family case, whether it's in a child case, whether it's in a work case, whether, no matter what it is. Paul said, I'm forgetting those things behind. See, if I think on those things behind, I can't what? Somebody tell me, I can't move where? If I forget the things behind, he said, but forgetting those things behind, I press toward the mark. I press before toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God. What did Paul know? God's got something for me to do. God's got something for you to do. God's got something for me to do. But I can't do it. Focusing on why I'm a victim. I could talk all day long about Christians being victim of this law or that law. Yeah, I can talk about it. But I'm not moving forward. You say, do you lay down in front of it? Absolutely not. But I don't wallow in it. This is big. Paul's telling us no matter what we've experienced. Or we are experiencing. We need to keep focusing on what's happened as far as success stories of who God's delivered. You see, this is not new to God. He's delivered people throughout history from bad situations. You see, God didn't tell the children of Israel, go back and read, read the first five books of the Old Testament, then go on and read the difference when Jeremiah and Isaiah and all these reminding the children of Israel, remember, he didn't say, remember how it was when you're in bondage and focus on it. He said, remember how I delivered you from bondage, right? Remember how I delivered you. Don't remember all these things. You see, they had a, they had a problem with remembering. If you go back to Exodus and read sometimes, you'll think, well, hey, these people were on a 40-year journey. They were truly victims. Paul said, when we accept the Lord Jesus Christ, we're more than conquerors. Let me stop here and tell you something. Paul didn't say that we're conquerors. I think this is neat. We forget this. Paul didn't say you're conquerors. He said you're more than conquerors. You see, to conquer is to defeat. He doesn't say you're a conqueror. Conquerors have victories. He said you're more than a conqueror. That means God has big victories. That means God has blowouts. That means God has, has victories that blow the competition out, that blow the adversary. That means God can do things that you would never imagine. Sort of like Paul said, if God's for us, who could be against us? God has big victories. You're more than conquerors. Not just in a group level, on an individual level. God wants you to be more than a conqueror. Why? That's your light to be able to share to somebody. It's a mindset. 
It's an overcomer's mindset instead of a victim mindset. You have a victim mindset, guess what? Your conversation is going to draw somebody to you. Have an overcomer's mindset, guess what? Your conversation is going to draw somebody to God. And even as Christians, we find people that are victims and we draw the conversation to them instead of finding people that want to be overcomers and draw the conversation to God. God's the king of overcoming. Children of Israel received a promise from God. Exodus chapter 6, listen to this promise, verse 6 through 8. I mean, everything is right before you. Wherefore, say unto the children of Israel, this is what God told Moses, Exodus 6. I am the Lord, I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. I will rid you out of their bondage. I will redeem you with a stretched out arm, with great judgment. I will take you to me for a people. I will be to you a God, and you shall know that I am the Lord your God, which bringeth you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. You see, they were victims of slavery. And I will bring you into a land concerning which I did swear to give to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. I will give it to you for a heritage. I am the Lord. You hear that promise? That was a promise to his covenant people. He came into covenant with Abraham. He was in covenant with Isaac. He was in covenant with Jacob. And he's just reminding him, I'll do this for you. Here's the promise. I will bring you through. I will give you these things. But do you realize those people sat and watched God do miraculous, big conquering things, blowouts, when you free a million people from Egypt after being in slavery for 400 years by sending plagues that you can't even describe, that's a big victory, right? And as they left, they got into the desert and then they realized, here comes Pharaoh. And all you have to do is get to chapter 14. And when they saw Pharaoh, guess what? They began to panic. The mob began to panic and they said, oh, we had it good. We're victims again. They're going to eat us up. Why did you bring us out here? Were there not enough graves in Egypt? You see, the first thing that a group of victims do is blame somebody else. Usually leadership. Somebody else's fault. Surely they didn't want to stay in bondage. Verse 14, or chapter 14. Listen to their language. It says, And when Pharaoh drew nigh, verse 10, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes. Behold, the Egyptians marched after them. They were sore afraid. The children of Israel cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, you had to take us away to die in the wilderness. Wherefore, thou hast dealt with us to carry us forth out of Egypt. Why did you even, why did you even bring us out? We liked being victims. Moses said to the people, get this, stand still. See the salvation which the Lord will show you today. For the Egyptians who you've seen today, you shall see them again no more forever. I like when God says no more forever. You see, he knew what was going to happen to the Red Sea before it even split. Now here's something interesting. Verse 15 of Exodus 14. And the Lord said to Moses, why are these people crying unto me? Here's what I want you to tell them. Listen, speaking to the children of Israel that they what? Somebody tell me. Go forward. Say it with me. Go forward. I'm tired of hearing it. I'm sick of hearing these people that I just delivered, that I've given everything, that I promised everything, and we're at the first obstacle, and all of a sudden you're a victim again, and you're blaming somebody else for bringing you here. Am I not still God, is what he's saying. Tell them to stand still. That means stand firm. Be quiet. Hold your place. Go forward. Don't back up. You know, you'll never have victory over your situation, you'll never get out of bondage with a victim mentality. You get to Exodus chapter 15, it doesn't take them long. Three days into their journey in the wilderness, crossing the Red Sea, they got thirsty. They got to a place called Marah because the waters were bitter there, they were undrinkable. They'd make you sick and 
Immediately he began to complain to Moses again. Hey, you did this. You brought us out here a thirst to death. God did another miracle. Why? Because God does big victories, things you can't understand. How can you take a tree, touch it down into some contaminated water, and the water become great to drink? And I believe that's the best water that there's ever been. When God made it pure, it was pure. That's chapter 15, chapter 16. A month and a half after leaving Egypt. They didn't have food. They were hungry. Another bad situation. Again, it says some people began to murmur against Moses and Aaron. They saw themselves as victims of the leadership. But God kept reminding them that it was him that was leading them. And I think chapter 16, we, we need to see something that's pretty interesting. But Moses told it to them, and I think we need to hear it. Listen. Chapter 16, Exodus. It says the whole congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the children of Israel said unto them, Would to God that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt when we sat by the flesh pots, when we did eat bread. For we have brought us forth into this wilderness to kill us and our whole assembly with hunger. Like if we were going to die, we would rather die with a full belly in Egypt being slaves. Then said the Lord unto Moses, Behold, I'll rain bread from heaven from you, the people shall go out and gather a certain rate every day that I may prove them whether they will, be, they will walk in my law or not. And it shall come to pass that on the sixth day shall prepare them and shall bring twice as much as they gather daily. And Moses and Aaron said to the whole children of Israel, even to you that know the Lord hath brought you out of the land of Egypt. And in the morning you shall see the glory of the Lord for he hears your murmuring against the Lord. And what are we that you murmur against us? Now this is important. So God's going to feed you. Now that you've, you've just cried and cried as victims and said, hey, the bondage wasn't bad. We just want to stay in it as long as somebody will give us something every week. We're fine to stay in bondage and being victims as, some, as long as somebody will give us something every month. We'll stay victims. Listen. Moses said, you're blaming us. You're murmuring against us. He said, but you're children of God. God made a covenant with you. Verse 8, Moses said, This shall be when the Lord shall give you this flesh in the evening, flesh to eat in the morning. You'll have bread to, to your full. Why, listen, for the Lord hears your murmurings, which you murmur against him. And what are we? Your murmurings are not against us, but against the Lord. Let me tell you something about the victim mentality for Christians. Be careful, because God's seeing it a different way. If he saved you, and he promised you he'd walk with you, if he promised you, wait upon him, be patient upon him, if he promised he was going to do things in your life, if he promised that he has a good work that he started in you, if he promised that, guess what? Your complaining in this life, your victimization, is not against that person. If you're a child of God that's trusting God and saying you're trusting God, your victimization, you're blaming God. Moses said, hey, you're not blaming me and Aaron. We're not taking it. Understand, God made a covenant with you. You're going to complain about your bad experiences. You're going to murmur. You're murmuring against God. Boy, that's a wake-up call, isn't it? Understanding God was in the process of, of bringing them to the promised land. They'd watched him do all these things. And so here's what happens. They finally get to the promised land. Numbers. Right before they got there, Numbers chapter 11, they were still complaining. Numbers chapter 12, they even started uh, blaming Moses, but not the congregation, Miriam, his sister, and his brother Aaron. They went against him. Why? Because victim mentality is contagious. They, all of a sudden, they were victims because... They didn't get the lead like Moses led. And then you get to verse or chapter 13. They get to the promised land, not to go over, but to see it. And God said, Moses, send some representatives over to see the land. And don't you know, in, Mo in Numbers 13, they came back and they said, yes, it's everything God said it was. It's everything God said it was. It's a land flowing with milk and honey. There's grapes that are this big. We're carrying bunches. But the Bible says they brought back an evil report. 
a report that said, hey, there's fortified cities there. There's big people there. There's people there that can defeat us. There's armies that can defeat us. There's all kinds of things going on. Guess what? They stopped trusting God and they became victims again. They said, we're not going to be able to go in there. So listen, they began to complain. Read Numbers 13 and 14 sometimes. They said, why did you bring us here so that we can go in and, and just get destroyed by these people? Victim mentality. They'd watch God do all these things, yet when they got to this point, this next bad situation, what did they say? We can't do anything. We didn't do anything to come. We didn't. We wanted to be here. They kept saying, we didn't want to come here. We're victims of our situation. But there were two men, Joshua and Caleb. And Joshua and Caleb said, Hey, God said we could have it. Let's go. Let's go. Go forward is what they said. Let's go forward. You know, they wanted to stone them. But they had a conqueror's mentality, not a victim's mentality. Do you know the end of the story goes like this? For all those people that had a victim's mentality, those millions of people, do you know that they never reached the promised land? Only their children. God let them wander for 40 years. You know how he let them wander? As victims. And the two men that had a conqueror's mentality, Joshua and Caleb, they were able to go over into the promised land. What's the difference in these people? One had a victim mentality, one had a conqueror's mentality. You say, well, you've brought us here to try to encourage us and give us this encouragement in this time of day. I've given you nothing but Bible today, nothing but Bible stories, nothing but what God's told you. Now, you're either in one of two places. You're listening to this and you're a Christian. Surely you face bad experiences. And you're facing experiences now. If you're a Christian, you're in, you're in this place where you know you've accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, but sometimes your experience overwhelms you. And you find yourself just dwelling on what shouldn't have happened. It just shouldn't have happened. And you get yourself into this mentality that looks at the reasons and what to blame for it happening. And you've been doing it for a while. And you know why? Because the victim mentality never moves forward. At some point in time, you've got to trust that God is working through it. You've got to be a Joshua or Caleb. You've got to be a Paul that says, if God's for me, who can be against me? You've got to be somebody that says, even in this experience, I'll consider it a time that I was weak where God could be strong. You've got to be able to say, I'm going to use this and be more than a conqueror. I'm going to see God win big battles. But it's a choice. Everybody has a choice to make. And believe me, what you're listening to, no matter what channel it is or no matter what site it is, it's not going to promote you conquering anything. Here's something that you can be able to tune into when you don't even have a connection, when you don't have a battery. Guess what this will do? This will show you that you need to be a conqueror. That if you accept the Lord Jesus Christ, you overcome this life. That God has a purpose for you in any situation that happens in your life. That it's not just about you and your little part right here. It's about the part He wants to do with you. That He gave you the opportunity of salvation. And if you choose that salvation, then He's got a role for you to play in this life. You're not only going to overcome the situation, you're going to overcome this life. He gives you not just this life, but eternity. If you're not a Christian... God requires you to change something, but you'll never change it if you don't think it's your fault. Every person, every person 
that stands in front of Jesus that we read about that says, Lord, why? Why didn't I make it in? Why, why wasn't it me? You know, didn't we do these things? They'll be having a victim mentality. God gives you an opportunity to choose today to say, hey, I want to admit what's my fault. I'm a sinner. I've sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Bible says all of us have. You know, you have to admit that first, and nobody that wants to stay a victim will admit that. But if you want to stop being a victim in life, understand that God gave you a way to be a conqueror, an overcomer, by accepting Jesus Christ who said you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. If you're in me, then you can overcome the world. Glory to God. Amen. Jesus Christ died for you because God loves you. And Paul said in Romans 8, there's nothing that can separate you from that love. Not any problem you go through. There's never a problem that you can see yourself as a victim that will separate you from God's love. Never, never. But you have to accept Him. There has to be a time when you cry out to God. Not about what's happened to you. Not about what others have done against you but just what you've done against God. And say, God, I'm a sinner, and I can't help myself, but I know you love me. You sent Jesus Christ to die for me, to pay the price for my sin. I want to accept what Jesus did. I want to be able to overcome this world. I'm tired of living as a victim. You know, when you decide to do that, Jesus Christ, the form of the Holy Spirit, will come into your heart. And you'll be an overcomer. Christian, if that's happened to you, then you have to live like an overcomer. Father God, I love you. I praise you. I thank you for this time you've given us. I pray you take your word, impress it upon our hearts. Lord, change lives today, I pray. Let us leave here, Lord, with a, an attitude of knowing that if we're your child, we are a conqueror. God, take this victim mentality out of us, even when it sneaks in, when there's something we're dissatisfied or something we know shouldn't be happening. God, take it away and let us go forward. Let us go forward. Let us be able to shine that light the way that Paul did. Let us be able to represent that if you're forced, nobody can be against us. Let us have that confidence that you've started a good work in us and that you'll complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. In all these things, we've seen your word today, God. We need that right now. We need it. I pray, God, as, as your children that are saved, pray during this time. Renew them again with confidence and let them be able to confess. If they've had that victim mentality, they're confessing it to you, God. Take it away. Overwhelm them with the Spirit. Let them have that overcomer's mentality. And I pray, God, as some may be listening that have never accepted Jesus as their Savior, I pray they see their need desperately today to accept Him. Change their life, Lord. Move forward. Sing, Lord the victories that you're going to give them. In Jesus' name, amen.